Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast. Thomas Miller along with Robert Glasscock, and we have a wonderful listener question about void of course moons. I'd like to know what it means to be born with the void moon, please. Mine is at 23 Leo. She had sextiled my Venus in Gemini at 20 degrees, and then she didn't have anything else to do until she got into Virgo. So it'd be great to know how this can affect a natal chart, because I'm sure I'm not the only one of our listeners that have a void moon. Hope to hear from you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I love that. Uh, she's right, because I got one too, Robert. So oh, good. illuminate us. Well, the void, of course, moon, most astrologers only use it in connection with orary astrology. And there's a reason for that, because in orary, you're dealing with one specific question, and there are very specific rules. If the moon, before leaving the sign that it is in, does not make at least one Ptolemaic aspect, and there are only five of those, the old Ptolemaic aspects, conjunction, the sextile, the square, the trine, or the opposition. If the moon doesn't make one of those aspects before leaving the sign it's in, it's called void of course, mean, meaning it is void of making any aspects during the remaining course of its motion. And that's applicable in horary because the moon rules the whole dynamic of the question. If the moon doesn't make any more aspects after the question was asked in, in horary, then the old catchphrase is nothing will come of it. Well, that's a thumbnail way of saying there's no dynamic here. And you can go into an horary chart in some detail and explain what that really means, but there's there's no real capacity for whatever the question is about to, to form any connections with the people and the environment to effect a change. That's in essence what it is. In a natal chart, that doesn't apply because in natal astrology, we allow all of the planets to move out of the sign that they are in at birth. That's not true in Aurora. You're not allowed. No planet can make an aspect by leaving the sign that it is in in orary. But in natal, your progressions, your solar arcs, they move forward and backward by converse motion to form aspects long after they've left the sign. They can go through three or four signs in solar arcs, for example. So it's a completely different interpretation and meaning. But as you know, Thomas, I am a big believer in make something out of everything you see. And I mean it. These things are in a horoscope for a reason. They've accumulated over thousands of years, and they're there for a reason. And there are people who are born, like you are, with a void, of course, moon that doesn't make any Ptolemaic aspects before leaving the sign it's in. And like everything else in astrology, I think if you think about it a little bit, and if you understand what you're thinking about, you can figure it out for yourself. In a person's voided course natal chart, all of the lunar connections, and the, the moon is the dynamic, just as it is in orary, all of those lunar connections were made in the past. They're behind the moon. There, there are no more Ptolemaic aspects coming up from the moon before it leaves the sign that it's in. So you may get... And this is what I have found. Uh, a person who, uh, because 
all of their dynamic is in the past. So they naturally resist change in the sense of trying something new and going forward because everything that new, new comes into their life, they try to refer it to something that they already know that's in the past. So they're basing their actions and reactions on, on what happened before rather than truly freeing themselves to respond fully in the present. And that's just a psychological difference. It's not anything. I don't really pay much attention to void of course moons in a natal chart. But does that make any sense to you? And I tell you, the other perception is if you're somebody like you, for example, uh, if you are awakened through something like astrology, you say, gee, I have this void of course moon. It may mean that. But unconsciously, a person with a void of course moon may strive to do exactly that, free themselves from a past, from, from weigh, weighing everything against this, these past dynamics, and truly advance without bringing the past along with them. Do you see what I mean? That's the goal. You know, I wonder, it almost begs a question, what if you went back and found those aspects prior to when you were born? Would those have any significance? As far yes, as places to look, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. They, you know, you you hear in natal astrology all the time, the moon's last, well, the sun's last aspect before birth, the moon's last aspect before birth. Yes, absolutely. And the moon's first aspect after birth and the sun's first aspect after birth. But yeah, if you go back in the, in the past, uh, it's certainly true in my chart. Because when my mom was carrying me, my dad was going down on a ship in the English Channel. He was a Navy medic, so I didn't meet him for six months after I was born. So it was just, uh, I was already in the womb, separated from the father, in other words. Well, and let's take your moon as an example. You are a three-degree moon. I'm a 25-degree moon. What about if your moon is at the front end of a sign? Well, what would you think? I'd be interested to know because you're a good astrologer. What would you What would you think? I mean, you can divide each sign into thirds. I'm thinking, and of course, because, because the decanate would be the same sign for that first 10 degrees, correct? Right, right. That you have an amplified version. You have an amplified dose of that sign. So for you, you have a stronger Aries, especially at three degrees, than you would if it was, for instance, in the middle. You're maturing. You're you're waxing into the expression of Aries in your life. And that's the word, maturing. I have a baby moon. It's at three degrees Aries. And if I'm not careful, and boy, has it been true in my life, I will behave like an infant, truly. And very confidently because, what you know, it's three degrees Aries. Your moon is in what, the third decanate or the middle of the? No, it's the third. So you've got a more mature moon than I do. So, but it's still, it's, it's in the last decade of Libra. So you've developed the, the higher aspects of, or more mature aspects, let's say, of Libra than I have of Aries. I have a really pretty infantile lunar position. And you can look at all the planets that way. If the planet's in the earlier degrees... Uh, it tends to be immature, but it also tends to get expressed in the life earlier. 
So you can look at the planet's degrees. As you know, my moon is at three degrees Aries. So I'm expecting some significant event around the age of three that ties into my lunar archetype and my horoscope. So that, that moon is the planet in earliest degree in my chart. So by transit, anytime a, sign, a planet enters a new sign, it will trigger that moon first. And then the rest of the planet's in the order of degrees. So it's an immature moon because it's in early Aries. It's not a middle degree Aries, which is a middle age or a mature moon like you have in the last third. Mine's a baby moon. And so the the, the trick then is, is to learn how to grow up. And, and generally, you have to learn it the hard way. Whereas with you, you've got a much more mature moon. And you can also say that these planetary archetypes will predominate, for example, your your moon will predominate the last third of your life. That's where you will really fulfill everything about your moon. Wow. So what you're talking about then, okay, so the way you determine the decanates, let's just do this for a second. This will be an interesting little exercise. So it's a third, a third, and a third. Every 10 degrees of the sign is a decanate. So, for example, my moon is in Libra. So, the first decanate is the sign that we're talking about. So, Libra first. Then you move over to the next air sign, which is Aquarius, right? Aquarius. And then and that the, rules from 10 to 20 degrees Libra. Yeah. 10 to 20. That's the middle ground, like he's talking about. As, as it matures, you would mature into that Aquarian independence. And then in the third 10-degree division from 20 to 30, we're talking about Gemini. And <laughs> as you said, you know, it's kind of interesting because I started in broadcasting, took a detour into a very Aquarian area, actually, and then have come back to that from that same platform. So it really is. I mean, you are spot on here. Well, what's fascinating to me is Gemini turns out to be the culmination of your moon archetype. And Gemini is all about communications, as you know, and media, which is certainly what you're in. But look at what you're communicating. It's a very high kind of Aquarian type of message, as opposed to, say, a less developed or less evolved message. Mm. Fascinating to mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And anyway, I was curious about this void, of course, moon with your chart, too. How did you think that that pertains to you or does it much? You know, you, I don't think I've ever told you this, but uh, in 2008, 18, you know Chris Brennan, the astrology podcast, yeah, sure. based in Denver. Well, I had just left Colorado, went back to Texas, but I was feeling the call of the road. You know me, I can't sit still for very long. <laughs> so I drove back to Denver. I needed some windshield time. I drove back to Denver to attend a meeting of the uh, meetup group that they were doing at the time. They had a panel where they were selecting charts out of a selecting people out of a fishbowl and reading their chart well i had an intention that i would get selected and i did and one of the the last astrologer to read my chart the other people had talked for about 30 or 40 minutes great readings and then she comes up and she says oh, this chart makes me dizzy <laughs> and I, sh I said, well, you should try living this chart. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, uh, there are some real challenges in this chart. 
But one of the things that I had thought, and especially also because in my chart, all the planets are below the horizon, that I would just kind of had a sit down, shut up, don't make any noise kind of life. And every time I did try to make noise, especially in my earlier years, I mean, I got swatted back down. So I kind of learned, oh, don't do that. So I kind of thought that mine would be one of those quiet things that came and went. And I just thought it would be one of those remembrances of, you know, an insignificant life. And a void, of course, moon would, would match that. You think, well, you're just off the court, basically. Well, now see, there is where I part company. That's why no astrologer uses a void, of course, moon this way in a natal chart. Because how dare you say that nothing will come of a life that's horrendous. Exactly. Exactly. So you you can't say that. So it doesn't apply in natal charts, basically. But if it were to apply... I think it probably applies in kind of the way that I suggested is all of the moon's aspects have already been made at the time the person is born. So what they ideally will do is bring all of that accumulated wisdom, the same as you're doing with your moon in the third decade of Libra, all of the suggested implied accumulated wisdom that has been inborn with this lunar position in your chart will then be expressed through the third decade of that Libra sign, which is Gemini, which happens to be your rising sign. It's your whole life, your life ruler, your chart ruler is Gemini and Mercury, communications. And so that's what you're really here to do, is communicate the, the this whole breadth of higher thinking and higher consciousness and contact with nature and everything that you're doing. <laughs> well, and an interesting little math thing here that just absolutely solidifies exactly what you're talking about is it took me until 50 to grow out of that former mindset and really even a couple of years past that so if you figure 25 years or so in the first decade 25 years there's age 50 25 30 hopefully 40 years in the second <laughs> or in the third that there is exactly i didn't grow out of that i should just sit down and shut up mentality until I was almost 53 years old. And there's your moon at 25 degrees Libra. So you multiply it by two, you get age 50. And again, you're going to get age 75. And my perception is the same with that I've outgrown something, but I realized it's not even, it is that, but it's more like you just absorb where you've been, I guess. And in a sense, you process it and whatever the waste material is, you excrete it. I'm talking metaphysically here, but it's the same as the physiological principles of things. So I don't, uh, I don't forget my past or what I was, but gosh, I, I look at it and, and think I am so totally different today than where I was at 30, much less younger. And you have that early moon. All right. There's one other cool thing about this, Robert, that I think we should let the cat out of the bag. And it ties to one of the PDF booklets that you have on Amazon. Uh, the one that we're referring to here is a lifetime at a glance using planetary degrees because you can take the degree of your moon wherever it is. Yours is at three. Mine is at 25. And you can use multiples of that degree to find key points in your life. 
absolutely true. Try it. Everybody <laughs> should. <laughs> well, let's and play with it. Know, well, as you know, all of the planets, uh, all the signs rather, have only 30 degrees in them. So every planetary archetype will get activated during your first 30 years of life. And you can take the degrees that they're in as symbolic of years, ages. So we were talking about your moon at 25 Libra. Well, and it's right on your fifth cusp. It's in your fourth house on your fifth cusp. So obviously we're talking about love and marriage. Well, you can divide the 25 by two and get age 12 and a half, which should be probably your first stirrings of romance at 12 and a half. And then you get to age 25 and you can take a degree a year or so on either side of this, but around age 25, the lunar archetype really gets its initiation, if you will. That's the actual degree age that it had at birth. So at 25, you're talking about things like getting married, starting a family, perhaps moving and so, but what a marriage really means in your life that gets activated. At 25, it gets activated again. At 50, your creativity gets activated because that's where that, that moon is. And the idea that your creativity is somehow tied in with the public and with maybe predominantly women, although you'll get a lot of men too with the Mars and Sun both in that fifth house. But that's also significant. That women will always have played a strong, really strong role in your life. And I think largely advantageous, even though you might have had to learn through heartbreak like we all do sometimes, it's still, uh, women are a real valuable addition in, in your life. So that's how you might read that degree. And you can look at... Uh, your Mars degree is you go back to age six and talk about that, for example. You, well, I don't know, but your religion, I would think, because Mars is right on top of Neptune and the sun, that would have played a starting at a very early age, like six. You may have considered going into a religious, did you? Uh, actually, it happened at three, cut it in half. Was it that early? It was that early. <laughs> cut I, re it in I half. remember the day. Claire Isabel. Really? Yep. A three-year-old minister. This is impressive. Well, I had but a spiritual connection. What, yeah, definitely. You see what the archetype is, Thomas. It's fascinating. To yeah, me. it truly is. Because you were born into a pretty fundamentalist uh, religious background, and yet your Mars, deep in Scorpio, which wants to investigate these things, is conjunct Neptune and the Sun both. So your whole life is spent doing this kind of investigation, and you learned early on the difference between, let's say, religious dogma and religions versus the actual source behind those god or the all that is or whatever so that your whole life has been a refinement neptune of refinement and evolution of that intense religious background which is now translated into an equally intense metaphysical and spiritual background which is meta religious well, you see how all of this ties together. All right, now let's flip it to the other side of the dial and let's look at yours because you have a three-degree moon. So what do you do with the early degrees, for example? 
Well, it's a very restless moon. My mind, it's the third house of the mind. My mind is very restless. But in fact, even in the womb, uh, <laughs> I was restless. We moved. Uh, I was born in Shreveport, Louisiana, and it, we instantly moved for some reason to Redlands, California, which is where I met my father when he got out of the Navy. And then we moved from Redlands, California to Pensacola, Florida. This is all before I was two to Pensacola, Florida, where we lived in a, a rented house. There were uh, four Navy medic couples, and I was the only baby. So I was the star of the show at age two in my crib. And then we moved from there to a little town in Arkansas, Bearden, Arkansas, where my dad opened up his first medical practice in this tiny little town. Uh, I had my third birthday party in Bearden, and then at four, we moved to Little Rock, Arkansas, where I went to kindergarten, and then we moved to Portland, Maine that summer between my fourth and fifth year, and then, you see what I mean? So, I was born on the move, and I expect my, my belief system is that my life will always be on the move, that nowhere and nothing is permanent, and it's fine with me. Wow, you unconsciously, and me both on that. unconsciously, if it gets too stable. Now, I say this having just moved two years ago, and I expect to live here a long time because I had lived in the same place for 20 years before that move. So obviously, my moon has progressed and I have learned to settle down. But this still doesn't feel permanent to me. Nowhere does. And it's all fine. It is all fine. But that's that moon in Aries, very restless. So with these earlier degrees, three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, I mean, it's yes, like sir. it's constantly there for you, right? It is constantly there, constantly there, constantly. And it's I'll tell you one thing, it also I don't know that it prevents me from aging. It certainly prevents me from aging mentally and intellectually. And physically, too, I guess, because people are constantly remarking on this. But it, because of this constant, the, the moon is activated every three years in my life, this moon in Aries. So every three years, I have learned over a lifetime to expect something fascinating and interesting to come into my life that's going to change things in an exciting and stimulating way. And so that's my expectation going forward in life. So I'm always looking forward with this moon in Aries, unlike people with, say, a moon in Scorpio or a moon in Pisces, which will tend to look backward, too. I don't, really. I do very much live in the present. And that can be good and bad, I suppose. But it's a great way to live because I think the Seth books say your point of power is in the present. This is what you have. And this is where everything starts. So let's take somebody who has a 15-degree moon. Let's go right in the middle of the, of the uh, sign. How do you play a midpoint moon, if you will, in a sign? If, if a planet is at 15 degrees at birth, then just know... Every 15 years, that planetary archetype will predominate in the life. And you could take an orb on either side, but around that age. And so if you have uh, Jupiter at 15 degrees of the side, the Jupiter archetype and everything it means in your chart in terms of its house placement, the houses that it rules, the aspects it makes, that Jupiter archetype will predominate, predominate at age 15, at age 30, at age 45, Yada, yada, yada. And if you want to get 
start stretching to the absurd, then yeah, you could divide the 15 and get seven and a half and multiply that by. So you see what I mean? It, it can get a little redundant, but still, what an incredible guide to have. Oh, no kidding. So I, I, I'm, 70, let's, I'm 77 right now. Well, I could divide that by, I don't know, two or three or four if you wanted to, but, but at, and see what I get. If you divide 77 by two, for example, you get what, 30, roughly 38. Well, I could go back to 38, divide that by two and get a, a younger age and 38 divided by two would be 19. So if I had a planet at 19 degrees, it would be active at age 77. You see what I mean? That's one way you can check these advantages. And stages against these archetypes. That is amazing! <laughs> wow. <laughs> start with, start with the degree where the planets are, and you know, in my chart as well, Thomas, I have this Uranus and Gemini um, at thirteen degrees, and that's the age where I first got a moped, badgered my dad to get me a moped so that I could get a paper route, make some money, and that's when I got my social security card. Thirteen in my sixth house of work. Well, at twenty six. I was involved in this car accident in which I thought I was going to die and was suddenly thrown out of my body 30 feet over the car, watching it roll over, had my first out-of-body experience, in other words. And I then had four more that same year, that same age, 26. And I have no doubt that I was not injured in the accident, but I have no doubt that it on some minute level, twisted the nerves in my spinal column and my neck and opened up certain channels that were not open before and that have been open ever since. And there, there's that archetype. You take the 13-degree Uranus of accidents in the sixth house of health in Gemini of the nerves and synapses multiplied by two, you get age 26, bingo. An awakening experience unlike any other in my life at that age. But every 13 years, that Uranus archetype is active in my life. That's so that's how you can incredible. use these things. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Well, if y'all would like to get the book, it's on Amazon. It's a Kindle book, an ebook. It's called A Lifetime at a Glance Using Planetary Degrees by Robert Glasscock. Thank you for this. Really appreciate it. Awesome discussion around the moon. Thank you, Helen, for a wonderful question as well. We'll see you guys next time on Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock. <laughs>